Welcome, everybody, to the new episode of Son of Sam Chronicles. I am Rocker Mike. We got Rob Rossi in the top left. Chris Jr., our, fa- our favorite researcher in the Son of Sam, bottom left. And we have special guest today, uh, researcher named Christina. And I'm going to give her I'm going to give her the uh, most of the show to explain some very interesting information she has regarding the Borelli letter. Uh Christina is a uh, she's a, has a degree in English, classical studies, psychology, and is currently working on degrees in criminology and anthropology. Uh, she started researching the son of Sam, got in touch with us, and she has some very interesting theories and uh, observations regarding most of the case, but in particular, the Borelli letter and the Breslin letter, which we're going to get into in the next episode. We're going to pick apart the Borelli letter today. So welcome, Christina, to the Son of Sam Chronicles. Well, thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. Um, Let's kind of dive right in here. Uh, But before we do, I want to make a couple of announcements. Uh, Carl DeNaro is not with us today. Uh, He is on assignment, and he will be back in probably the next episode or next couple of episodes. Uh, he's fine. Don't worry. He's in perfect health. He just needed some time and he's on assignment for more research. Um, the other thing is there's going to be some changes regarding to our show in the next, uh, probably two months or so, which I'm going to go into more next week. Uh, but, uh, we will be changing some things and retelling the story and you'll see, we're going to tell you more about it next week. Um, so the Borelli letter, this was the letter that was left at the crime scene of the uh, Sao and Suriani shooting in the Bronx. Uh, Detective Borelli was in charge of the Omega task force pretty much uh, at that point. And uh, we didn't have a son of Sam name yet. Okay. He was the 44 caliber killer. And uh, this letter kind of changed a lot of the perspectives of the police and the public towards the, uh, towards the murders. Um, Christina, what, let's talk about the Borelli letter, and you, you got it up there, Rob, on the screen. What do you What are you finding about this that's so interesting? Okay, well, I think that he really goes in and defines himself in the first paragraph of the of the letter. It says, "I'm deeply hurt by your calling me a woman hater. I am not, but I am a monster." Um, the first thing I noticed, and probably not not a lot of people are familiar with this, but the first paragraph uses dialectical materialism, which is Marxism. Um, dialectical materialism is defined by a thesis and antithesis. A thesis and antithesis, and what else? So the thesis. In the first sentences, I'm deeply hurt by you calling me a woman hater. He's basically saying, okay, your hypothesis about me is that I hate women. The antithesis of that is I don't hate women. The synthesis of the two is, but I am a monster. Right. Um, Marxism um, is seen within the process church. It's been argued that the process church was involved in this. Um, but also it's argued that Karl Marx practiced Satanism. Um, so you have to take that 
into consideration whenever you're reading this. Um, now that uh, that's understood, and I have heard that about Marx, but um, I'm a little just so we so we're clear because it's a little bit over my head. When you're saying a thesis, an antithesis, and a and a what's the what's the other term? Synthesis. 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 Yeah. How is that Marxist? Um, it's a specific way of. Uh, bringing yourself to a different sort of consciousness um, through dialectics or, or a type of arguments in order to bring, um, I don't really know how to explain it better than, it, it almost reads like a hypothesis. Um, it's Dialectical materialism isn't only used in Marxism, it's also used, like with Socrates, Hegel used it. Um, Is it philosophy? It, 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 Type of philosophical it's, argument. Oh, okay. It's so it's a philosophical. It's a philosophical reference. Yes. And it's used a lot in Marxism, but yes. it's also it goes back to Socrates. Yes. Okay. But I would, I would, I would say that this is more Marxist than Satanist because if you look at the first sentence, it says, "I'm deeply hurt by your calling," um, like Shakespeare and T. S. Eliot and different poets. Uh, will um, take a take a line or take a paragraph and put in multiple meanings with it, where right. you can look at one line and it means one thing, but then you bleed it into another and it means another thing. Well, if you look at the one line, it says, I'm deeply hurt by your calling, which to me it says, okay, I have a calling to kill people or a satanic calling to kill people, if that makes sense to you. It, it, it does, because I, I've... I'm not an I'm not an English lit major, but I, I did enjoy English literature a lot in school. And I do remember about how Shakespeare, you know, the pentameter and all that stuff and uh, how how the, the lines were, were written. Sometimes it could mean two different things. And but what you're saying is I am deeply hurt by your calling. And that's the first line of the letter. It's a calling, a calling to do something. But it's yeah. also saying I am deeply hurt by your calling me. Now, now, actually, if you if you take it that way, you're calling me. There's a mistake there in your. It should be it should be Y O U apostrophe R E. Yes. Okay, which I I noticed it's not. Okay, so he he's it, it has to do with oh, I think the term is alliteration, right? Where you have the way it's spoken. Um, I don't think it's alliteration. I might be thinking of the wrong term, but I'd, I'd, saying, have, to, I'd have to pull up my literary glossary. <laughs> we don't have to do that. But it's not by saying to me off the top of my head. Yeah, but by saying you're calling and it's not spelled Y-O-U-R-E, it's yes. it's actually saying by your calling, meaning belonging to you, yours, your. Yes. Okay. So he's really saying, I am deeply hurt by your calling. Yes. Now he addressed this to Borelli, right? Yeah, um, he. I know that he had mistaken thought that and thought that Borelli had called him a woman hater, but it was somebody else. But right. he also said that he he had anticipated that they were going to call him a woman hater. But um, well, I think they I think they were calling him a woman hater. I mean, I think that's what everyone was thinking because women were getting murdered, right? Yeah, yeah, the women were getting murdered too. Yeah, yeah. 
So, um, I mean, if you continue to like unpack the paragraph, you'll see women, which is a play on demon. Um, yes. Now, Woodlawn Cemetery was found in his apartment that was written by Edward Streeter. Edward Streeter didn't only write Woodlawn Cemetery. He was a he was a pretty popular writer at the time. He wrote um, Father of the Bride. Um, hmm. He wrote some satire, satirical books. One of them was Dear Mabel. Um, okay. And it's a 1918 book that was published as a satire that is full of misspells. And it was written by a GI to his girlfriend, Mabel Gemp. And uh, if you refer to page 36 of the book, and it can be found through Google Books, um, there is one specific part in the book where um, Streeter intentionally misspells woman as as Wyman, W-I-M-O-N. Right. And I think that 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 influenced the letter. I mean, it's not the same spelling, but arguably Streeter could have would have been better off spelling it as W-E-M-O-N because he references um, that he has a reputation of being a devil with the women. A devil? Yes, being devilish okay. with the women. Yes, and I'm, okay. I'm paraphrasing that, but you can pull it up. It's spelled, the book is spelled D-E-R-E, and then I think it's M-A-B-L-E. And it's, and it, it's pretty funny. Um, interesting, interestingly, too, is is the, the Woodlawn, Woodlawn Cemetery book that was found in his apartment. Um, Woodlawn Cemetery has been known for as long as I can remember, probably way longer than that, as a place of occult activity. It also, there are a lot of writers buried there, a lot of poets and a yes. lot of prose writers. Yes, and Bill the Butcher is buried there too from Gangs of New York. <laughs> um, I, I I also have to bring up if you talk about Brooklyn, okay, there's that whole you know Brooklyn contingency of of of, of occultism that we talked about from the book Dead Names, right, Chris? Yep. Woodlawn Cemetery is not far from the original uh, uh, the Warlock Shop. Woodlawn Cemetery sits in the Bronx. It's it's not it's not very far from being Portland Park. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little it's a, I would say it's uh, it's not it's not too far. Um, but right. it's that same general area. Nonetheless, um, it's it's a it's a spooky place. Uh, it's a it's a it's a there's a lot of uh, world renowned people buried there. Um. Is it, is Sam is it, Sam Antemeyer buried there? He may be. I gotta go back to our show on that. I know he's buried in the Bronx. I think might be there. Maybe or St. Raymond's. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't think it would be St. Raymond's. No, because he's Jewish, right? So he wouldn't have been. Right. You know, let me uh, let me look it up. You guys continue talking. Christine, explain a little further. Okay. Um, so let me, let me pull the letter back up. Um, so you have a couple different satanic references already. Um, he says, I am the son of Sam. Um, the occult will normally write in reverse writing. The first thing I notice is Sam looks like the reverse of mass. Law enforcement initially thought that whoever wrote this was Catholic. Um, 
If you take the reverse of mass, I decided to go ahead and anagram this further. Um, Son of Sam anagrams out to mass of no, which no is short for nothing. Nothing is equivalent to blackness. So Son of Sam can basically be reinterpreted as black mass. By the way, guys, Antomai is buried in Woodlawn. Yes. yes, he is. Okay. So there's yeah. another satanic reference is the son of Sam looks like an anagram for black mass. Right. I see that. Mass and of then, no. And then you read, I am a little brat. And brat is also a satanic reference. Now, if you want a reference to the satanic reference, I don't mean to get all scholarly and cite articles, but you can refer to the Satanism of Blake and Shelley reconsidered and um it will show that Satan is referred to um, in literature as a brat, a liar, um, and so forth. I mean, it can also could be interpreted as I'm a little brat, I'm a military brat, which I would read it that way also, because, you know, there are multiple different ways that you can read this, and um, a lot of them mesh together and are correct. It's interesting how brat is in quotations. Yes. What would be the purpose of that? Um, it would be more to draw attention to it and to make it formal. Right. Um, it would be uh, like the way I would describe it is similar to T.S. Eliot's poem, The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock. Whenever he gets to the area um, toward the end of the poem, whenever he says almost at times the pool, and then the pool is in um, capital letters, which I would argue is a reference to um, the tarot card, the pool. Um, which is also Dionysus. Yes. In, the, the, in tarot cards, the full card is Dionysus. Yeah, it's Dionysus or Pan or Bacchus. Um, it can also have layover with Christ because, um, anyhow. But yeah, it's most it's mostly representative of um, Dionysus with the tarot card deck. Right. But I mean, uh, according to like comparative religion, comparatively like Dionysus and Bacchus and Pan, and then. Christ kind of replaced those um, archetypes. Interesting. Interesting. What about when it says, when Father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean, he beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Okay. Father Sam, I mean, I read that a couple different ways. You could look at that like similar to Uncle Sam. I mean, I keep seeing satanic and military references. So I would take Father Sam and I would think, okay, it's an authoritarian figure and this person has problems possibly with the U.S. government. I, I think the police looked at it that way, uh, yes. at least for a short time. They, they thought that Father Sam meant Uncle Sam. Like the country. Yeah, I would inter I would interpret it um, a couple different ways. I mean, yeah. Isn't I, I mean, isn't Satan the drunkness, the drunkness it, to mm -hmm. me is associated with the cult of Dionysus because it's representative but it's represented by orgies, it's represented by intoxication, it's represented by induced trances, and that also ties in further with the letter. 
And, right. and you know, the Cult of Dionysus, if you look at the full tarot card, um, depending on the deck, he's usually pictured um, with a wolf or a dog. Like with the Golden Dawn deck, it looks more like a wolf and he's pulling him back with a chain and it almost looks like he is, um, I don't know, control controlling his lower half, if that makes sense, where like man has dual nature and that he's trying to control his animal side. Um, wolves were domesticated and the dogs. Um, anyhow. I mean, does it does it does it go back to the Romans with the with the raised by wolves? Tough type stuff, or is that not? Um, I mean, it, it could be. Crazy? I mean, like whenever I look at the Golden Dawn card, the first thing I think of—I mean, if you bleed it in, he looks like a satire. Um, he, right. It's like the wolf looks like he's combined into his body, but yeah, it's like the Dionysus card. Like in the Rider weight deck, you see he looks the dog looks more like a Jack Russell Terrier and seems to be warning the person like he's going to fall off the cliff. Um, the Golden Dawn deck. You have it pictured with a wolf, which wolves were domesticated in the dogs. Um, some of the earlier um, decks show a dog. Um, fool card is usually associated with um, like holy fools, beggars, um, poets, philosophers, um, court fools, clowns, jesters. Um, and, and if you want to refer to, you can refer to um, Doran, it's called D-O-R-A-N, History of Court Fools. And it'll it'll give the layout of pretty much everything that fools represent. And gotcha. you'll, you'll see fool image, if, if you continue to read the letters, you'll see fool imagery popping up everywhere. Just gotcha. a quick question, Christina, uh, something that popped in my mind, I'm not sure if I'm right. Has the the name Sam in literature ever been referred to as Satan? <clears throat> Not that I'm aware of. You know, S Satan was called Sam in something. No, Sam I could be wrong. Sam Hain. Not no? that I'm aware of. Well, Sa Sam Hain is really pronounced Samhain. That's not the correct pronunciation yeah. of it, so I wouldn't count that. It's not a name. It's, it's just Halloween in Gaelic. That's all it means. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, you could read it that way too. Is it, it's Salane. Um Yeah, I don't. And I know it has nothing to do with that, but but uh, I seem to recall something in literature where Satan was called Sam in a, in in something. I could I could be wrong. I, I, I just something that popped in my head. Go up, go up, go ahead and continue with that. I'll I'll do a Google search and see if okay. there's anything that comes up. Well, it, it continues on with, uh, you know, uh, he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Now, I get the, the dog references with, you know, ties me up to the back of the house. But what about the drinking blood? I mean, dogs have a tendency to drink blood. Um, Maybe in the yeah, wild. Yeah. I, I like drinking blood is also a satanic reference. It, it, it is. Like the ties up to the back of the house isn't the only dog, the only dog reference in the letter. If he locks me in the garage, you don't lock people in the garage. You lock dogs in the garage. I have a neighbor down the street that has a hunting dog, and mm -hmm. that dog pretty much lives in their garage. 
Um, go out and kill. That sounds like a command that you give a dog, you know, sick, go out and kill. Right. Um, and then there were the dogs that were found around the Untermeyer Park area, you know, that were young females um, and that were slaughtered. Um, right. It's too bad that the police didn't bag the dogs because I would be in, I would have been interested to see if there was any type of DNA because here it says that they were raped. And, you know, with Satanism, there is the element of bestiality. The, do um, the dogs were raped they, before they were slaughtered? I, I have no idea. I don't I don't want to say that they were, but you can't rule that out if you're talking about a satan um a cult that's practicing Satanism because bestiality is also associated with Satanism. That's a good point. I don't recall that ever being brought up, but that's that's an interesting point. I mean, if, yeah. if I were law enforcement, I would say, you know what, these dogs need to be bagged and they need to be tested for DNA. And I mean I'm not saying that the dogs were only being used for ritual sacrifice. There were, I think that there were other reasons for skinning the dogs. Right. Um, but, uh, um, you know, the dog should have been looked into more. Sure. Sure. Then it goes on with uh, behind out behind our house. Well, it says behind outhouse, some rest. Is that correct? Out, like O-U-T? No, it's, it's our. I think I spelled it wrong. Okay. Behind, behind our house, some rest, mostly young, raped and slaughtered, their blood drained, just bones now. What is that? Um, I think it's just a reference to the dogs. Um, I mean, draining the blood, I'm, you know, using, using blood and satanic sacrifices is... I mean, it happens. I mean, my biggest problem is, you know, with with the NYPD not taking real seriously that Satanism or some type of satanic cult could have been behind this because there was lots of satanic activity back in that area during that time period and arrests were made. And not only that, but you can even argue that the way they were operating was almost like a satanic gang. And I mean, their satanic gangs have existed for a long time. Yeah, um, I, I don't understand why they didn't take um, even the possibility of it possibly being a satanic gang seriously, because they had originally thought that Donna Loria was a gang shooting. Well, there's, you know, there was they were looking at a, you know, a mafia element to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there is that okay. Even with you know a lot a lot of the victims were Italian, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean that you can't rule that out, but but uh, I, I think that um, and I think we discussed this not too long ago, Christina. I think that uh, the city wasn't prepared for that to to let the public know that we might have some satanic gangs running around. All right, you know. The city was the city was bankrupt. It was it was, uh, you know, crime was was at its height. OK, uh, pretty much um, well, and getting worse. And uh, there was a blackout. There was well, a lot of stuff happened in 77. Um, I don't think that if, if they had gone public with that, there would have been people with pitchforks and torches coming down to City Hall. And the yeah, Bronx right. It would be like to the Salem, Salem witch trials yeah. to start back up again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Any anyone you know? any anyone with a ta- anyone with a tarot card would have been hanging off of. Uh, and, hanging and it would have uh, fed uh, off. Uh, it it would have fed off. The the one thing that that Spike Lee got right in his movie Summer of Sam, which is again we've said it a hundred times, a piece of crap movie about this, but one thing he did get right is the the uh, the elements of, of fear. Okay, I remember the time well. I remember being afraid he was going to get my mother. Okay, and I remember being fe- sensing that wow, adults are afraid too. And in the film. You see how everybody is like, oh, it's you. No, it's you. Oh, it could be this guy. Oh, this guy's a punk rocker. He looks weird. He could be the son of Sam. Okay. So that he got right. And I think that had they gone public with some kind of gang, satanic gang problem, you it would have fed into that like insanely. Right? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So then it goes on with um Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic too. I can't get out, but I look out the attic window and yeah, watch mean, it, the world go by. It, it's it's not far fetched. I mean, <laughs> what'd you say? I said that's more dog imagery. Right. What were you saying, Chris Jr.? Well, I was saying going back to the satanic gang stuff. I mean, in the news today, you have uh, uh, a famous town in Mexico called, I think, Matamoros. It was the Matamoros. Uh, uh, cult, uh, which was also, uh, I think, uh, uh, affiliated with the cartel, and they, they, there were some ritualistic killings that they were involved with many, many years ago. Um, more recently, you had, you know, I guess four people going to Mexico for um, medical, you know, elective yeah. medical treatment, and and they were kidnapped, and 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 some were murdered, I guess, some were hurt. Um, I don't. I haven't found this story very well. I'm not. Two, two out of the four were found murdered. Two out of the four. Yeah, were found I don't think. I don't think that was ritualistic in nature, but that that same area had a cult operating in it that was affiliated with the cartels. I think that was back in the 80s or 70s or something to that effect, maybe even early 90s. But um, it's 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 not far fetched. In fact, in fact, sometimes gangs need to have a higher power. Oh. Uh, it's it's no different from radical Islam or um, or uh, or these, you know, far right Christian rituals. Rituals are completely normal. You know, I mean, you see it across domains. I mean, even one of the most yeah. ritualized things is baseball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in order to bring about good luck and do what you want to do. Um, a lot of people practice rituals, and it's well documented um, in anthropology. And you can't argue you can't argue against it. Um, well, there's there's rituals in the Catholic Church. Everything's a ritual. The Catholic Church definitely got a bunch of rituals that they do it, and, it's, and then people follow them. And all that's even from baptism to communion. Those are rituals. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, when when you're in church and you're seeing the you know the, the the sprinkling around of the incense and and all that. That's all rituals. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's almost yeah, like I mean, the, the I, I'll, be honest. I'll be honest. If I were a law enforcement person, I was looking at this. I would think the person was practicing Satanism was either military or ex-military, and was I I wouldn't rule out a gang. Um, I, I I wouldn't rule out a gang, and and if you look at the case in retrospect, one of 
um, David Berkowitz's first victims was a 14-year-old girl that he stabbed. Well, that was early on. I mean, you could interpret that was that a gang initiation because for gang initiations, women women are typically raped or somebody stabbed. Right. You have to do something to somebody, hurt them to get into the gang. Yeah, and it's pro- it's probably one more reason why there are reports of women being raped at Untermeyer Park. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to say it. Yeah. It could have all been related to getting into this satanic gang. Yeah. I mean, there's there's an initiatory phase. I mean, you can call it what you wanted, a gang, a cult. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they don't they don't necessarily have to be mutually exclusive. Right. Right. Okay. Now, continuing on, this next paragraph is very interesting. I feel like an outsider. I am on a different wavelength than everybody else. Programmed to, T-O-O, programmed to kill. Okay. And you have that that last line, the second to last line, programmed to, meaning also, and then Mm -hmm. programmed to kill. So again, it's kind of like that that first paragraph with you're calling me. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I see whenever you see, I feel like an outsider. Um, I mean, you could read that as, okay, is he sitting outside the house and looking in? Um, but there's also a book that David Berkowitz sent to one of his friends called Non Dare Call It a Conspiracy. And there are tons of references in the book to insiders and outsiders. It could be a reference to that. Um, there are also references to outsiders within the occult. Like one example would be Stephen King's novel, The Outsider, or the series. Mm-hmm. Have you watched that? No, I haven't. Yeah, I mean that would that would be that would you could read it that way too. And then you look at I'm on a different wavelength than everybody else. Um, that can be read multiple different ways. Is he talking about a wave radio? Is he talking about a trans-like consciousness, like cosmic consciousness? Because mm-hmm. they were taking LSD at the park, and David Berkowitz has a history of taking LSD going back to the military. Um, right, that's when he was introduced to it. Yeah, and then like the program too, whenever I read that, I'm thinking, Okay, well, he's saying I'm pro I'm I'm also programmed Two is not a misspell. The T.O.O. occurs on a different line than the other. You can interpret it as a misspell if you bleed it in with kill. But I mean, he easily this letter didn't need to be formatted this way. This letter is formatted. Right. Um, well, so intentional. It, it demands that you read it differently. It's It's intentionally formatted in this way. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, it's obvious and we're only halfway through the letter. It's obvious that there's a format to it. Was he trying, uh, assuming he wrote the letter or whoever helped him write him? He probably penned it. Okay, but who knows who helped him come up with the the words? What were they trying to say? Is Is it were they giving hints or was it? What do you think? I mean, the, the way I'm looking at it, I mean, you take into consideration Satanism, you take into consideration that it looks like previous military, you take into consideration like the cult references mm-hmm. um, and LSD. 
I mean, there were a lot of government projects at the time that were studying the effects of LSD on the military population. Well, um, prior, that was, like that was mostly done. Like Manchurian yeah. Candidate. I, w- I would read programs and program to and on a different wavelength. I would think he's saying that he's been programmed to do something. And, um, and, and I could just got to I got to add one thing here. Um, programmed. OK, that um, makes me think of the interview that was done in 79 by the Queen's D.A. Uh, the woman, I forget her name, but the woman that uh, gave tips regarding the Moskowitz shooting. OK, yes. where she gave a tip in 77 saying the sketch that came out the next day looked like somebody she used to date. OK, and in, in the in these interviews, I think it was two or three interviews and they got stranger and stranger as they went on in the in the in the interviews that she said she was in a cult and mm-hmm. reminds me of the Dionysian thing because there was orgies, there was group sex, there was uh, an idea of programming, programming to kill, programming to to assassinate certain people. And she said she was involved with that, and her, uh, you know, this person that she thought. Looked like the sketch, and then there was a doctor. There was other people. Okay. Yeah, it was a total mess. Yeah, yeah, and and that you know, it, it never went anywhere. It was just those those two or three interviews, and even in '77, the cops didn't take it seriously at all. They just wanted to close the case. But by '79, that was starting to look interesting to the Queen's DA. Hey, we had this woman. Let's follow up on that. Yeah, and if you if you if you go back through and watch David Berkowitz's interviews too, and I think if you I think I'm gonna refer to the Inside Edition interview, he said that he felt like a robot at the time. And yeah, I think he program, told Maury Terry. You program, robot. you program robots. Right. He told Maury Terry that in that yeah. interview. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it it goes back to the idea of of uh experiments done on on military people. By the government, which was, you know, that all came out in the church hearings in the 70s in Congress. Uh, yeah. And, and and I mean, we need we need those hearings again. If you don't mind me just get on my soapbox for a second, because there's a lot of strange things going on in government again now. Well, let, but, me, let me interrupt you really quickly, because a lot of people don't know this. And it's mm-hmm. important to point out that a lot of the governments at the time were incorporating black magic into their military strategies because using sleight of hand is also considered black magic and an effective way to combat the enemy. Um, There's a declassified document called the CIA um, Manual of Trickery and Deception, and it's um, it's written by Melton, but, or it's published by Melton, but this trickery and deception manual was originally written by the CIA contractor, the magician, to write it. A magician wrote it for them. Yes. That's pretty funny. And, I mean, it's That's theorized. Funny. I mean, Alistair Crowley's popping up all over this. It's it's theorized, and there's some legitimate documentation out there that Alistair Crowley was using black magic because he was working as a double agent, that he was uh, he was an agent That's, for Britain and he was right. an agent for Germany. And he was also in the United States. Right. At the time. Yeah. During, during the First World War. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, using magic, I mean, it dates um, for like spying and espionage. I mean, it, it, 
dates back a long time and anybody who argues differently isn't very familiar with military history. Yeah, yeah. And and right, the intertwining of intelligence. Yeah. Uh, and you know, military intelligence and black magic goes back centuries. I mean, even cryptography. I mean, it's black magic. Um, writing right. in reverse, writing in anagrams. Uh, I mean, hmm. I, don't, I never thought of that. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, well, photographs were black magic. No, like uh, she's saying, you know, you know, in military they write in code. And yeah. they use anagrams and things like that. Yeah. Well, that's actually black magic. That's that's black magic ways of doing things. Yeah, that, I mean, wow. that's the root of cryptography is black magic. Cryptography, right, right. Yeah, that's what I was saying, photo. Because, you know, the Amish, they don't want to get their picture taken. Cause they think no, that we're, they not, take we're not talking story. about photography, Rob. We're talking about cryptography, okay? <laughs> cryptography. <laughs> Okay, here, no. ciphering, C-I-P-H-E-R-I-N-G. Okay. Like ciphering. Yeah. Right. Cryptography. Yeah. And like in the movie Angel Heart, Lewis Cipher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Well, I movies, think of that. Yeah, mo- movies, I'm sure you'll agree with this, movies sometimes shed light on what's really happening, you know? It's true. They want to, t- you know, they use Hollywood uses things to, in my opinion, to let us know about stuff going on. We've talked about this a little bit in the past. Let me tell you, there's a lot of movie, like, that's a lot of satanic stuff all over the TV. If you look at TV, it's pretty crazy how they communicate, but it's a bunch of satanic stuff that they well, put out there, like look, messages, cryptic stuff. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Look, look at the Grammys. You had that whole devil, uh, that, what's that guy's name? I forget his name. He dressed like the devil. They were all dressed like the devil. They were doing stuff on stage. And, you know, I was like, oh, that's some interesting imagery right there. But they were talking about the whole thing with that girl, um, Rihanna in the Super Bowl, that that was a whole satanic thing, dressing red and all the white. Well, it was, a, it was a fertility. It was a fertility thing. Because she rep- the people, the, 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 the dancers in white, to me, represented sperm. Okay, and and then the, the the red was the vagina. That's I heard that that's what that meant. It could be that too, but it was, it was very crazy. It was very crazy. Christina, okay, did you ever I, hear that? Can I interject something really quick, guys, about Please the CIA do. manual in relation to the dogs? Yes. Okay, with black magic, the CIA, in order to and you anybody can refer to this book, and then the, their mouths will kind of drop. In order to sneak agents past the KGB during the Cold War, what they were doing is they were taking dog skins or wolfhound skins, and they would take a huge kennel, and they were taking these skins, and they were wrapping agents in them, putting them in the kennels, putting them in cars, and then and then getting them past KGB agents. That would be considered sleight of hand. Right. Um, now, I'm assuming that the dogs were euthanized and that they weren't just jackasses and skinning dogs. But if you look at that compared to how the dogs were being skinned at Untermeyer, you have to say, OK, well, what was being done with the drug with the dog skins? And there are allegations that certain people within the cult, and I'm not going to mention the per- anybody's name on here unless you guys want to do it, 
that they were drug trafficking. While German shepherds are military dogs, they're police yeah. dogs. Yeah. What a more effective way to drug traffic than to wrap it up in a in a in a German shepherd's skin. Interesting. And I mean, if you're looking at like military bases, military bases have checks going in. They do not have checks going out. So you have to question why German shepherd skins were also showing up in, in Minot, North Dakota on the Air Force Base. That's true. I mean, were drugs being tra- were drugs being trafficked um, off of planes? I Possibly. mean, it's something that it's something that you have to ask. Um, because I'm sorry, I I think that there might have been a ritual element to killing the dogs, definitely. But what happened to the skins? And if there's drug trafficking alleged in the case, you have to say, well, what's the most effective way to drug traffic? And I would argue it would be using the German shepherd skins because it would get around. It would get around in and out of law enforcement or a military base. It would get around yes. drug sniffing dogs. Yes. Gotcha. Exactly. Hey. But Mike, you want to hear about trickery? Remember the hand, hand, um, sleight of hand. Remember the military had that fake army with cardboards. Yeah. Do you remember that whole thing? That was kind of way of tricking. It was cardboard. There were a real tank, and it was just making no, they, a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they. Yeah, that was that was one way. Yeah, I don't know if that would that would could be considered sleight of hand in a way. Yeah. It's trickery. It's an illusion. They thought the right. enemy thought they surrounded, so they, they didn't want to go there because they thought it was, it was a huge army and it was like a right. bunch of guys just making noise. Right, right. They they did do that in the Second World War. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. It is. But let's get back to the letter, Christina. Um, okay. Next one is, however, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention, all police. Shoot me first. Shoot to kill or else keep out of my way or you will die. So that, read, oh, what do you I, think I, that is? I read that in context with the previous paragraph where it says I'm on a different wavelength, which would imply to me, I mean, like you have the two different meanings where you could say, yeah, there's a translite state with the wavelength, but I'm also going to say, it sounds like he's on a police radio in context. Um, and he's announcing to the police, um, if you find me at home, you're going to have to shoot me or kill me. It and is, I think, you is know, it a warning? that, you know, father in the first part of the letter and the dogs, there's references to being at home. And I think that this, paragraph is a reference to being at home in in relation to also how Maury Terry riddled out um where to find Berkowitz by um, what what was it heat north stay positive you know in one of the last letters yeah yeah okay so then it goes on to say, Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He has had too many heart attacks, too many heart attacks. And then in quotes, it's, ugh, me, who, it hurts, Sonny boy. And that was always, I heard that that was a reference to, uh, you know, like something from Scotland, like that type of accent. 
It sounds Scottish, but if you wrote, I mean, it sounds satanic because he's saying he needs blood to preserve his youth. But if you, yeah, the drinking of the blood. To me, it sounds satirical because if you read down, it says he preserved he heart attacks, which bleeds. You know, you have he he and then hoot. It almost sounds like he's heckling. Heckling. To me, if you read down. Um, you have to read down. He oh, I see. He hard hard who? Okay, yeah. yeah. And I mean that's that's another way that um is written with uh, cryptography. I mean you have to read multiple different ways. You don't want to read frontwards only. You want to read backwards. You want to read upside down. You want to read sideways, and you want to read you know up and yeah. down. Right. It could even be he, 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 ho. Yeah. Um, yeah. I look at Sunny Boy. I don't know. Um, the first thing I think of with all the dog imagery previously, the, I don't know why I think of this. The first thing I think of is Pacino and Dog Day Afternoon. There's somebody <laughs> in the movie that's named Sunny. Sunny. Yeah. And I swear that somebody suffers from a heart attack. Am I correct? Yeah, in that in that movie, the bank manager has a heart attack. Yeah, and at yeah. the end of the letter, you and have bang, you have four bangs, you have bang, 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 and then bank, b a n k. It's not another bang; it's bank. Yeah, um, and if you tie that into this, I don't know. It's it it's it seems like a slight dog, like a um, a slight dog day afternoon reference to me. That's interesting. I, I never thought of that. It, that's that's how yeah. I it. <laughs> and that movie came out about two or three years before the shootings. It was very popular. And it was a New York story, so everybody in New York knew it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So then it goes on with, I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in our lady's house, but I'll see her soon. Well, who is, what are they talking about here? Who's the female? Um, well, you have to, it's kind of hard to say at this point who my pretty princess is. You have to read further down. So I think we need to go back to that. Okay. We get to, um, the, the women of Queens are the prettiest of all. I must be the water they bring. So I'd like to tie that in to that once we get to that point. But like she's resting in our lady's house. I think that's a reference to, um, the Virgin Mary because, our lady. Our, our lady. Our lady is the Virgin mm -hmm. Mary. Right, right. But a house is also a way to encase somebody, which you can also take the house and put it in context with the women of Queens, which I'll, I'll do once we get to that point. Okay, then it goes on to say, I am the monster Beelzebub, the Beelzebub. chubby behemoth. Yes. Okay. You 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 picked up on something with this. What is what is Beelzebub and what is the chubby behemoth? Okay, well, Be Beelzebub is a reference to the devil, right? Obviously, mm -hmm. or a demon, um, and he's associated with dumb, dumb. But like behemoth, there are several different ways you can interpret that. Um, for the Bible, behemoth is a water animal you can interpret a water animal as a crocodile which is probably why you see a crocodile um in the water on um, the dionysus card for the fool 
Um, it also can be interpreted as a hippopotamus and an elephant, which, you know, that the elephant ties into the Elephus Levi. Elephus Levi. Elephus Disco. Elephus Disco, which hadn't also, happened yet. It also ties in to Esau, because if you look at the book of Job. Yes, Esau is Esau's, one of the. Um, Esau's relative is Eliphaz. Yes. Well, okay, so you're telling me that Esau was shot randomly, but this was left at the crime scene. And keep and in it mind, and it references Eliphaz. There's there's also another another level here. Maybe you didn't think of this. The Esau Suriani shooting happened in April, right? I believe. Yeah, well, according according to Klausner's book. David Berkowitz said this letter started to be written on April 1st, which is April Fool's Day. Right. And April 1st in that year was before Easter. So it still would have been Lent. Mm-hmm. And the Book of Job is in, in, in the Catholic Church is very important during Lent. It gets read, read, read a lot, okay, in church. Uh, it, it, you know, Job is like a, it's important when it comes to like repentance. Okay. So it's interesting that they pick a name, Esau, that's a biblical name from the book of Job during Lent. I find that interesting. Yeah. But I mean, besides like the elephant references, behemoth is also a reference um, to um, a cat in Master and Margarita. It's it's a Russian book that parodies um, parodies um, Stalinism and mocks yeah. communism. It was suppressed by the Russian government for for a lot of years, and right. I don't think it was published until '68 or '69. Right. And the cat in it operates as like a, a sort of court fool, and he's like the sidekick to Satan. And it's 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 written based off of Goethe's Faust. Um, and if you tie that into the next line where it says, I love to hunt, hunt prowling, cats prowl, elephants, crocodiles, and um, hippopotamuses do not prowl. No. And Master Margarita, which I think is interesting in context because there's, there are a lot of references to um, Keith Richards and Jagger being tied to this somehow. And I'm not I'm not saying that I'm pointing a finger at them at all, but Master and Margarita was gifted to Matt, to Mick Jagger by Marianne Faithful. Both of them were on the early magazines of the process. Yeah, and East and yeah. Esau's um, birth date, ironically, is July 26th, and so is Mick Jagger's. <laughs> okay. So are you saying the murder might have been an homage? Um, I'm not saying it couldn't have been, but I mean, those, I mean, it's it's documented in Maury Terry's book that um, a lot of times, like ritualistic killings are done in honor of somebody. Right. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to point and say, yeah, Mick Jagger, Mary yeah. and Faithful contracted this. This is not. No, not, not, we're not saying people, that. <laughs> I don't want people jumping on me for that. No. But um, I think it's an interesting correlation, especially considering Mick Jagger has kind of um, 
props uh, from a historical standpoint, I wouldn't say idolized, but kind of propped serial killers up and given them um, sort of a pedestal. He wrote Midnight Rambler in honor of DeSalvo, the Boston The Strangler. Boston Strangler, yeah. So who's to say that this group wasn't wanting Mick Jagger to write a song for them? I'm not saying that, that that was what they were wanting to do, but you can't really rule that out because like Hinkley, for instance, I mean, he went out and shot Ronald Reagan because of Jodie Foster. Um, yeah. Thomas, you know, killing for somebody during that time was kind of a thing. And I think it maybe was brought about by Taxi Driver. Yeah. Well, it was. I mean, he was yeah. he was obsessed with, Hinkley was obsessed with Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver. None of her other movies yeah. it was, it was that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and 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 again, I, I think. Uh, so, I mean, if you want to take that argument and you want to run with it and say, OK, well, that could be the reason. Then you have to sit back and say, well, how did David Berkowitz know Alexander Esau's birthday? I mean, how right. would he have had access to that information? And then that goes back to Maury Terry's argument that there was somebody that he was associated with. Was it Weiss? I can't think of who it was that knew Suriani. Yeah, there was something with that. And Esau so lived. They were all, they were, they, David Berkowitz and these two other people, they all went to a wedding together and it's it's on video. Really? Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, it's, wow. in, it's in the Ultimate Evil book that it's documented that they went to some wedding and I think it was in Maryland and the wedding was recorded and they're all they're all on the video together. You're saying Esau and Berkowitz? Not Esau and Berkowitz, Berkowitz and two other people and one of these people knew knew um Oh knew Esau. Okay. okay. Not Esau, Soriani. Soriani, Soriani. Esau's fiance. I always thought it was interesting that Esau lived in the West 40s in Manhattan. I believe he lived with his dad. And uh, that area at the time was a hotbed for human trafficking and, you know, all the 42nd Street stuff. He lived right in the heart of that. Hmm. Just to, just throwing it out there. That was something we had discussed when we talked about that shooting. But, uh, okay, so then... Um, he addresses, well, the, the next part, we're prowling the streets looking for fair game, tasty meat. The women of Queens are the prettiest of all. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt. My life, blood for Papa. What are you getting out of that? Well, I'm kind of reading that the same way as Maury Terry did with Fair Game. Um, I'm going to be honest and connecting that to Scientology because... If you read the women of Queens are the prettiest of all, it sounds like a paraphrase from Snow Snow White and the Huntsman. Like mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the prettiest of all? Mm. Water imagery <laughs> is associated with a reflection or mirrors. It's also associated with the occult because water is used to conjure spirits. Um, and if if anybody wants to refer to this, you can like read some of C.W. Ledbetter's book. It's books. It's L.E.A.D. I think B.E.T.T.E.R. He was a mystical 
Roman Catholic that was also um, involved in the Theosophical Society. And he talks about how water is used um, to conjure spirits. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then the blood. I mean, to me, that's a clear Snow White reference. And um, if you're familiar with what was going on at the Scientology Church at the time. Right. um, In 1978. And this was a year and a half after this letter was written. Um, the Church of Scientology was served with legal paperwork by the U.S. government because of their covert project, Operation Snow White. Hmm. So I mean, I, I think it's kind of interesting to have fair game packed in with a snow with a Snow White illusion. It is, and and again, I mean, all this stuff that you're you're you know saying is is in this it just shows to me it just yells out that there's no way this was written by Berkowitz. well you know? i mean you can say yeah he penned it oh yeah um, and i'm i'm gonna argue that david Berkowitz is smart he has 118 iq which is almost two standard deviations above the mean which means that he's an outlier and in certain domains he probably has a much higher IQ, but my point is he was working full time. He was going to school. He was lighting what two thousand fires around town over a over a couple year couple year period. He was busy. He didn't have internet access, and he's arguably not much of a reader. And he didn't even have two years of college at the time. And you don't really learn how to read some of this stuff. Um, or even write like that until you're probably in your third or fourth year of college. <clears throat> I find it questionable <clears throat> that he was able to write this um, on his own. He might have like actually physically written the letter on his own, but he had to have had input from other people. He didn't. He didn't have time to do this all on his own and research it all on his own. But whoever whoever he was with had to be high up in the occult or well, whatever. If you want to say that this is a reference to Operation Snow White, you'd have to say, well, the government served the Church of Scientology paper on this in August 1978. This letter was penned in a year and a half before, and Berkowitz was arrested a year before. How, how did he know about it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That wouldn't have been, you know, common knowledge, public knowledge. I mean, I think, I think, you know, the Snow White reference is also a reference to Donna Loria, obviously. And if you tie it back in with I Miss My Pretty Princess, well, Snow White was a princess. Um, mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Our I mean, Lady, I mean, Our I Lady... Is a reference to the Blessed Mother representing purity and white, white purity. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. color white. Yeah. And I mean, um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, one thing that I think of when I think of Snow White and I pull up and I don't know how relevant this is, but I, I think it's relevant. The first thing I think of when I think of Snow White is the Black Dahlia, Elizabeth Shorts. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, ironically, Elizabeth Short was born on July 29th, which is the same day that Donna Loria was shot. Yeah, 
Um, so, I mean, there's like imagery being tied in. And if you look at how the Black Dahlia was killed, she was um, like, she was cut in half. Her, her mouth was disfigured to look like a joker. Like a smile. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there's tons of fool imagery in here and you can't help but notice, okay, well, if there's fool imagery, you have to take that into consideration with the Joker imagery with the Black Dahlia. And that goes and back to what you just why that would have been tied in. And, and that goes there is right. one book out on the market um, by Wolf that theorizes the Black Dahlia. Um, what if the Don? What if the Donna Loria was killed by was was killed by Bugsy? And Donna yeah. Loria was considered was thought to be possibly a mob hit. Oh, at, at first, but what if Donna Loria? Going back to your your premise before of homages, what yeah. if she? What if her murder was an homage to the Black Dahlia? That's possible. I going mean, by your theory. I, that's, I, yeah, you have a point. I mean, I didn't really think about that until you just said it, but yeah, you yeah. have a point. Yeah. Okay, so it goes on, and at this point, we know it's the Borelli letter because he addresses, he says, Mr. Borelli, sir, I don't want to kill anymore. No, sir, no more, but I must honor thy father. Um, uh, To me, that sounds military. I mean, you're you're following military orders. You're you're honoring my father. Well, there's also honor thy father, father thy mother. The Ten mm-hmm. Commandments. Yes. and he spells it the British way. Yes. Okay, with the U, H H O N O U R. Honor is not spelled that way here, right? It's O R, right? Mm-hmm. That's so, correct. Yeah. So you have yeah. that. Uh. You know, you would think that somebody writing this, if it wasn't Berkowitz, might spell honor that way if they were from England or maybe Scotland, or, you know, so, somewhere like that where they use that way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have a point. Right. Well, that- Hello, Chris. Welcome hey, back. Guys, I'm back. Sorry, I had to handle business. I had to pay No problem. Sorry. No problem, um, brother. But uh, th- I'm, I'm so happy I came back in at this point. Um, we, we talked about uh, Dionysus earlier. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's always been a consensus that the, the early cult that formed at Untermeyer Park were a group of Druids. Um, and I, I, think, I think that this, in the very least, points to that. In our last show, we brought up... Um, uh, Mr. Real Estate, and um, it, it's it's kind of funny that they use the term Sonny because Mr. Real Estate's son, uh, his nickname was Sonny, <laughs> mm. uh, and uh, you know uh, he was, you know, of uh, Irish descent, and uh, you know apparently they were they were Druidic, uh, or at least uh, favored that type of theology. Uh, if you if you believe what you hear on the street, uh, we're still uh, investigating that. But um, it's 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 another one of those coincidences in this this tale of uh, the son of Sam Slangs. Well, like I like I said, with the, the spelling of honor with the O.U.R., it, it 
somebody from that part of the world, maybe Ireland, maybe England, okay, would spell it that way. Uh, it's funny. A friend of mine who I, I told we were doing the show brought that up to me uh, as well um, about 10 minutes before we started we started talking today. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one thinking of it. <laughs> no, and then I mean, and then you look at if you go to if you go to Untermeyer, you have you have the unicorn and the uh, the unicorn and the lion, which I think represents England and Scotland and so forth. Yes. Um, and then you have uh, a gentleman of Irish descent who um, used to throw rock parties at uh, rock concerts or rock venues at Untermeyer Park during the time of the slangs, during the time of Untermeyer. Uh, Colt Malou, uh, you know, uh, he owned the he owned the bar in Yonkers called the Unicorn Pub. You know, he was. It suggested that he was uh, um, uh, either a member or at least an associate of the group at Untermine. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So Christina says here, I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on this earth. Return me to Yahoo's. What's he talking about? Um, I think the Yahoo's reference is a reference to Gulliver's Travels. Um, there um, is a reference in the book. To, um, it's a it's a culture that he went to visit. There were I can't even pronounce the horses, but there were the Yahoo's, and then there were the horses. I, I kind of remember that. I, I yeah. did read Gulliver's Travels. Which I recommend to anybody because it's not just the story of uh, the Lilliputians and uh, where he's a giant and they're small. Like he traveled. There's another. I think there's a story where it's the other way around where he's there's giants. Okay. Yeah, and it's a it's a sat it's a satire. Yeah. And um, like the Yahoos are more egalitarian and they come across as kind of communist. So you have another reference that is communist in the letter. Like you have this, you have the master and margarita, you have the dialectical materialism. Is this, is this, is this passage dialectic? Uh, dialectical what, material. Dialectical material, because he's, he's kind of saying that, you know, I'm not I'm not a bad person. I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on this earth. It's kind of like back at the first passage where he says, I am deeply hurt by your calling me a women hate, women hater. I am not, but I am a monster. Is that parallel or no? I think so. I mean, there's also a quote where he said that he didn't want to he didn't want to hurt anybody. He only wanted to kill them. I, I don't <laughs> get the impression that he thought that like hurting somebody would have been bad because it would have caused more suffering, but like quickly killing a person, it would have just released their soul and the person would have gone to heaven. So it would have been his interpretation or the group's interpretation of, okay, this is how I love you. You're free. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. So he, he, he was, it was like a mercy killing maybe. Um, It could be, it could be interpreted that way. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I mean, at the time, due to his mental state, I, I don't think that he viewed um, what he was doing as inherently wrong, even if he was contracted to do it. I felt like he felt like he could um, ethically justify it in his head. Right. I mean, what do you think, Chris? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I think of uh, I think of that great Sopranos episode where uh, 
they're talking about heaven and hell and how, you know, the mafiosos don't go to hell because they're soldiers. And, you know, soldiers don't go to hell. That type of thing. Mm. You know, he was a soldier. He's fighting a war. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he, he believes because he's fighting a war that, you know, his 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 maybe it has nothing to do with heaven and hell, but his murders are justified because that's no- a very that's a very good point. That's that's I, I like that. That is a very good point, because if you believe the, the cult angle and I, I I think it's totally what the truth. OK, uh, he is a soldier in a sense of a bigger of a bigger war. Right. And, and, and look, if, if you want to be a Christian, right, or you want to be a Luciferian, a lot of people have a, have a are naive. They, you know, especially the Christian. Right. Because it's 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 more about love. Right. And acceptance and and and, and virtue. Um, you know, you are signing up to for the devil to come into your life. Right. You know, the closer you want to get to God. The heart of the devil is going to work uh, to 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 bring yes, you up. Yeah. Another thing is, you know, I'm a Catholic. Uh, you know, one thing that uh, uh, I, you know, uh, a good friend of mine that's a priest told me was that, you know, I think 30 percent of Catholics, people who are baptized, not people in the pews, but 30 percent of Catholics in uh that were baptized believe that the eucharist is actually the body of christ only 30 percent only 30 percent 100 percent of satanists believe the eucharist is the body of christ that is yeah i get you okay they're better better christians than christians they are And, and, and and you talk you talk about you know wow you talk about gangs we earlier uh in the in this and you know during that time period in the 70s churches were being robbed all the time of 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 their of their uh of their tools their chalices chalices and anything and desecrated too yes well i mean my my church was just my the chapel at my church was just desecrated desecrated so that's still going on but um i think it's for different reasons now uh at least overtly. Um, but you know, back then they were, they were, they were cops are writing that off as people looking for, uh, gold or, 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 or something that they can hawk to get money for drugs. I think something more sinister was going on in at least, uh, a major, at least a, 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 a small, a small amount of those cases, maybe closer to a majority. Um, but it, it was happening often. It was happening in Yonkers. It was happening in, in in all areas where there were a lot of churches. And 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 let's face it, the churches were much more active back then than they are now. Well, yeah, I mean, ch- churches also used to be left open all the time, and yep. y- you know that doesn't oh, yeah. happen so much anymore. But another, another, just to bring a point, and it's an expression to go back to what you were saying about thirty percent of Catholics only believing that. Christ is actually in the in the Eucharist. Um, it's it's an old expression, but you know, the greatest trick that Satan ever did to the world is convince it it doesn't he doesn't exist. Right. And and Satanists, oh, they believe he exists. Okay. And you know, 
when you believe, and I'm a believer, when you believe that the devil is real, you view the world in a very different way than people that just walk around like, oh, there's no such thing. Okay. And maybe people think you're crazy and that's fine, whatever. But you, you view the world, which is why the deciphering this, this letter, and later on, we're going to do the Breslin letter next, next uh, month. You know, you, you pick up on this, this Satanist stuff, right, Christina? Yeah. And, you know, I'm just going to put this out there. Uh-huh. Um, I grew I grew up in a religion that did not believe in Satan. I left the I left the church. My that my mother's side of the family still practices the religion. Okay. Um, I left the church when I was about twelve or thirteen. It just wasn't a good fit for me. I have never really been a huge believer in Satan, and I'm kind of looking at it differently now. <laughs> um. I don't know. I think I think once you start, once I started working on these letters, and once you start to see it, you can't unsee it. Right. So um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's something that my husband and I argue about because he's atheist. He obviously doesn't believe in it, um, and I think that there are arguments. That, I mean, I understand where people are coming from whenever they say I don't, I don't think Satan exists or the devil exists. But I think it's also unfair to discount that it's not a possibility, especially when you start experiencing and weird phenomenon. Right. Well, right. I mean, even today, there's I've read reports that, you know, the, the, the Catholic Church has had to hire and retrain priests for exorcisms, that these yeah. these these things are these the demonic possession is on the rise. It is. Yeah. Yeah, you've heard that, Rob, right? Yeah. I, I, you know what? The problem is sometimes you see these people mentally crazy or just crazy shit happen. What do you think it is? Right. It's probably some kind of freaking uh, demonic or whatever. Because it's, it's just a weird time, man. After that, all that quiet now, people start coming out. People are getting weird. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, if, I, I, I don't, in the paradigm, the same, you ha- the same way you have to understand the paradigm of the Son of Sam case is. That woman was so much in belief of her right righteousness that she almost seemed possessed. I'm mm. not saying she was a Satanist because of her values or because of her political ideology or whatever. All I'm saying is there was, it, in my view, looking at her, she did not look like a normal person. Um, her actions didn't seem that of a normal woman. It almost seemed as if she was having an outer body of experience. I, I can't call it. I, I think maybe because it was at the steps of an old church, a church I've been to, a church my grandfather uh, was a parishioner at at one time. Um, you know, it, it was it was a it was an interesting sight for me. And and that woman may not have had any religious beliefs in her body, but yeah, you know, in the in the in the in the in the paradigm of the Son of Sam case. You know, you have to understand that these people, regardless of what we believe, regardless of what, you know, we we look at God as or we view Satan as, they had very strict rules for their belief system to right. an extent. And, 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 and this is, you know, when that happens, you know, all bets are off in terms of 
um, how we would interact with other people who we disagree with and how they would interact with people they disagree with. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's hard to dis you, you shouldn't just discount something because you don't believe in it and you haven't experienced it. Um, especially whenever you see it across cultures um, as well, the belief in possession. Like, you know, in Russia, the, there's the concept of holy fools that you basically empty yourself out and allow the spirit to come through you. And it could be, you know, it could be God's spirit or a good spirit, or you could be allowing something um, evil to come through you. There's also beliefs in Haitian voodoo oh, yeah. that you're actually yeah. deficient as a person. Um, and there's something wrong with you if if you don't allow if you can't allow your body to have that kind of process and become possessed. In India, um, they believe in ghost possession, and um, in order to exercise somebody, you know, like a girl, for instance, they'll they'll do all sorts of painful things to the person to get rid of the entity, like pulling on a girl's braids, or sure. you know. So you have to start to question um, what were they doing to try to possess themselves. And I think you can see that more um, in the Breslin letter, um, as well as some of the practices that are discussed um, in Alistair Crowley's books. Yep. Like, yep. Um, self in, it would, like self-injuring. It, oh. causes a, it causes a disassociative process because whenever you create pain it increases endorphins and endorse endorphins can cause a person to disassociate yep so gotcha. right uh i mean it, it, and if you want to frame it in the time of the 70s um going back to the magical child the the the, the various groups that were associated with that place ranged from you know the scary process church of final judgment uh types mm. all the way to stragas from the bronx who were trying <laughs> to you know who were trying to learn the malocchio prayers you know what i mean yeah. you know? <laughs> no i mean I, it, i'm serious I, I mean like I, you know i mean i mean you got yeah. look you guys are from you guys you we all grew up in different areas in new york but we all grew up around the same people yeah it was always the old lady that, that, that people called to pray because somebody wasn't doing well they had the malocchio right. whatever it was you know yeah yeah and, the old the old lady you can know? i make one more can i make one more comment about the disassociation process and related to wiley's book sure um in his book he talks about um self-injuring himself and he felt like marianne de grimston gave him a telepathic message to do it because he said that it had never occurred to him before he didn't particularly like marianne de grimston who, who did not um timothy wiley okay he was he was friends with robert he did not yeah. like marianne right he said that he felt compelled to pick up a rope that was knotted and he just started beating the shit out of himself with it on his back Self-flagellation. Yeah, self-flagellation. And he said all of a sudden he had an out-of-body experience and he was up on the moon. Well, these that 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 ritual, okay, is across cultures like yes. you mentioned, you know, uh there's an uh, Opus Day. Opus Day within the Catholic Church, they self-flagellate, I believe. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I think I think Freemasons self-flagellate, and I think that maybe the Knights Templar did too. Maybe um, well, come it, it comes from that. Sure, sure. Yeah. I want to continue with the letter, and then we're going to get into uh, a little bit a little bit different way of looking at the letter, and we'll wrap things up for the for the day. Uh, this is interesting because he says to the people of Queens, I love you. And I want to wish all of you a happy Easter. May God bless you in this life and in the next. And for now, I say goodbye and good night. Police, let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back to be interpreted as bang, 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 bank, bang, ugh, yours in murder, Mr. Monster. And, you know, when this came out, Easter had already passed, I yeah. believe. And and they were saying, well, Orthodox Easter is coming up. Maybe he's talking about that. And then also Queens is referenced when, you know, the, the letter was dropped in the Bronx for, for Borelli to see. So why, you know, there has to be a, a reason this letter was probably already written or maybe he was planning on doing it. They were planning on doing a murder in Queens. Uh, but then again, you know, in, in in his in Berkowitz's uh, discussions with Maury Terry, he did admit to, to shooting uh, Suriani and, and, and Essa in the Bronx and, and dropping that letter. So it, there's there's a contradiction there. What do you think about that, Christina? And what do you interpret in that passage? I don't know. I like I see to, to the people of Queens. I mean, if you look through the letter, there's a lot of misplaced. There's a lot of misplaced dots. There yeah. looks like there's a dot between thee and people. Um, the first thing I think of uh, when you think of, of dot people, you think of like a dot, like a dot on a person. I think of a dot of a person's forehead or Hinduism, and I think of a swastika sign, and the swastika is tied to the process church. Um, oh, wait, so you're saying, yes, hold on. You're saying that the there was a punctuation of a dot? Yeah, yeah I think there was a punctuation on the dot. I, you know, I it could be argued I'm reading too much into it, but okay. um, Hindus are, they, they were, have been referred to as dot, dot heads or dot people. Dot people, yeah. And I don't I don't mean to say something that's racist, but um, during that time period, yeah, they were referred to that. So, I mean, if you're. If you take that in to consideration with the imagery of the swastika and the swastika being in, you know, Hindu. Yeah. Yeah, but Hindu is a sign. Of, it's a peace sign. It's yeah, like it's, almost a peace I think sign. It's a fun sign. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 wasn't his mother, his biological mother from Queens, Brooklyn. She was. She didn't live in Queens at that time. No, he had a sister in Queens at that time. Yeah, possible. Maybe it's a reference to someone close to him who was living in Queens. Could dot. It you know, it almost sounds like it almost sounds like the closing of 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 your of your priest at church. You know. <laughs> Not that last part, but the first part, you know, have a great Easter, you know, you know, God bless you, you know, today. Well, there's, some, there's some satire tied into this as well. And I'll I'll get to that with the goodbye and good night. Um, but like if you see where he's crossed out, it says, I want to wish you a happy Easter or he looks like he misspelled something. It Can actually you put that up, like, Rob. 
he looks like he has crossed out a water sign and there's water imagery all through the letters. And that goes back to Druidism. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was Maury Terry that made the observation that you could pro- that you could like almost drown reading the letters because there was so much water imagery. Right. And and that 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 could, you know, I, I think I think that goes back to the Hoot Sunny Boy Scottish accent. It could be uh an homage to uh Marion de Grimston. Um but 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 it's it's very easy to to pick up the Druidism in this letter, I think. In addition to to what you also got from it early on, Christina. Yeah, if you if you go down to say it's read, I I say goodbye and good night. I mean, the first one of the first thing I think of is um, Edward R. Murrow. Good night and good luck. Good night. Yeah, he always said it is associated with you know he was part of the battle with McCarthyism. And during World War II, um, soldiers would say this to one another when they were parting from one another because it was never clear if they would see each other in the morning. Um, if you look at the and in the sentence, it took me a while to see this, and I'm kind of embarrassed for myself because I have a minor in statistics. But um, the sup- there's a superscript for N. Do you see that? It's written in superscript. What do you... Bring it. Can you bring it down, Rob, to like further pet the next page? I say goodbye. And what do you mean superscript? The N, the N is written. Little um, is elevated and smaller. It, it looks. It looks. It looks like mathematical computation. Okay, what would that mean? Well, like raising to the next power or raising. So if you put that in. Okay, like satirically, you put that in context with Happy Easter. Well, you have Christ rising from the dead. You have you have the end being representative of superscript or being raised to the next power. Mm. Does you know what I'm saying? Kind of. It's 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 kind of weird. I mean, I looked at that for a real long time, and I was like, why in the world is that end raised? And then it hit me one day that I think it was written as um, sardonic satire. Okay. And then police, let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. He's giving a warning there. Yeah, I'll be back. But I'll be back is also something that I think that Satan says in the in the Bible. Is he'll be, I'll be back. I'll be back. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's to be interpreted as bang, 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 ugh. So he's saying more shootings are to come. Um, Yeah. And then if you then if you go down to yours and murder, Mr. Monster. Yeah. Yours in relation to the ands. And this is why I'm also brought up the and and superscript yours. The S used to be written in superscripts. from an English history perspective. And it means your servants. And a lot of people have said, well, what does he even mean by yours and murder, Mr. Monster? It means your servants and murder, Mr. Monster. Right. So he's basically going back to saying, okay, I've I've had a calling to do the murders. Um, and he's basically saying that he's been ordered to do it and that he's a servant. 
Okay. But if you look at Mr. Monster at the last part of this, do you, and you'll start to notice this once you go back to the first letter, you, how certain letters are played with and they look like like multiple different letters. Like the Mr., um, the R is broken. It looks like a K. And you take it and you know, it looks like MK. And I started thinking, and of course, I have an undergraduate in psychology, so I'm completely familiar with MK Ultra mm-hmm. and all the different government experience, like so the Mr. Artichoke. Right. The Mr. And you look at monster, <laughs> well, what synonyms to monster? What's another synonym for it? Ultra is something that's big. He's saying, in my opinion, it says, your servant and murder, MK Ultra. As, as a cinema, as a cinema. That's, yeah. that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting take. One point I want to go back to when it comes to disassociation, um, that that comes up quite a bit in 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 uh, uh, I guess uh, uh, organized pedophilia rings. These children, the children are taught to disassociate them, disassociate from themselves in order to be compliant in, in the sexual acts that they're being forced to engage in. Um, in, in addition to that, if there is an element of the OTO or Thelema in this, um, I think once you get to the 11th degree, which I think is one of the highest degrees in, in that in that theology, um, there, there is, there is anal rape is involved in it. And I, you know, I, I don't want to be too explicit. It, to me, it's kind of disgusting, but you know, I, I wonder, you know, we know that this type of stuff has happened from brother John Paul with people in this group. I'm wondering if that's a subconscious, you know, a subconscious, you know, uh, piece in this. I, I I I don't know. I, I maybe I'm I'm thinking way too. You're heavy. not thinking what you're not thinking way too because when you break down the symbol and analyze the symbol, the son of Sam symbol, which needs to be discussed at some points, um, part of the symbol um, indicates sodomy. Okay. The the X is a symbol for the portal of transformation. Uh, another another name for that is the sodomy of David. Jeez. Wow. Wow. Um, Heavy stuff there. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, the symbol, it's really, you guys really need to do an episode on the symbol because I've torn it apart and reconstructed it. And I mean, it's really interesting um, to analyze using and comparing against the crime scenes and who and who was chosen as victims, because I think I think it helps tie it in. Wow. Right. Okay, if we're going to move on to uh, the final part here, where you, Christina, wrote the Borelli letter backwards. Yeah, I wrote it backwards. So we kind of have to go back to the beginning of the letter to pick up on this. Okay. Um, we're with like where there's like, I'm, and I'm not talking about misspells like TOO because that's not a misspell. That's just playing around with language on different lines. Like women hater, like women is. A definite misspell, even though it's playing with language and poets and writers do that for satire effect. But um, each time there is a misspell of women, 
you're going to find backwards either in the previous sentence or or the next sentence or right next to it um, words that are phonetically similar backwards. You have Rita, like I am. Um, I am deeply hurt by you calling me a woman woman hater. H a t e r. You spell that backwards. R e t a h. Right. You go down further. I must be the water they drink. Women is in that sentence before. You have R e t a w. Um. And I feel like I can support arguing this because if you look at the Breslin letter where it says John Wheaties, rapist and stuff, and then dash, okator of women. Mm-hmm. If you look at the okator, um, the A-T-E-R is heavily traced over and it's Rita. And it's to me, it's some indication that you need to play it. You need to play around with the sentences. Like, for instance, I'm looking at women and I'm I'm just looking at it this way. You break it apart two different ways. You have we, which means multiple. You have mon, which means alone. If you take the next sentence and it says, I'm not. Well, I am not is not a complete sentence. If you want to make it a complete sentence, you say, I am not a woman hater. You remove the Rita from the sentence, which is the key. And you can re- rewrite the sentence either as, I am not alone. I am multiple. Does that make, does that make sense to you? Which kind of clues you in, okay, is he acting alone or is, or are there more than one killer? Um, and that that's the argument between the first letter and the second letter is the second letter is not in the same style as the first letter and more than one person has to be involved. And I think if you're looking at the first paragraph, <clears throat> which defines the writer by through dialectical materialism with the thesis, the antithesis and the synthesis, you have to take into consideration that part there and say, okay, well, what defines him? Is he acting alone or are there more than, is there more than one person involved? So you're saying that between the, the Breslin letter and the Borelli letter, that, that alone, because they're in different styles, proves there were multiple shooters. I think it does. I mean, I mean, I, I, you can't just go by the letters. You also have to go by well, a clue. You know, witness accounts and, you know, sketches and nothing to me, nothing points that he, that David Berkowitz acted alone. No. And that's, that's, that's the bigger point is there's so much evidence proving this. Okay. But just with the letters alone, if you were to take those two letters, you'd say, there's no way it was written by the same person. Yeah, and you, to me, I mean, you look at it, and the the clue that it's written by the same person is the reoccurrence of the backwards word Rita, and with the tracing over in the Breslin letter of the word Rita. So you think it was written by the same person or not by the same person? I mean, yeah, it's written by the same person, but it doesn't necessarily mean that because. 
the same person was involved in the second lover because obviously David Berkowitz was also involved in the second lover that that he did it alone. No, right. yeah, I mean there were multiple people involved right. in the letter. As far as these letters are concerned. What you're basically saying is it's almost like a movie. There's an executive producer, there's a writer, there's a director, <laughs> there's an actor. There's an editor, there's yeah. An editor, et cetera. How much of this letter is written, is in this letter is written from the subconscious and how much of it is purposely put in here? Um, I, that's hard to say. I think a lot of it is purposely put in there. I think some of it is subconscious and it's meant to hit you at a subconscious level. I mean, I'll give an argument for Rita, which you guys will probably think is interesting. You're familiar with the Beatles. Yes. And Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts. What do I look like? Lovely Rita Meter Maid? Yes. Yeah, lovely Rita Meter Maid. And Alistair Crowley's on the front of the album. If you read yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And if um, you read McCartney's um, interview about how he came up with the song Lovely Rita, and I'm not saying this because I'm trying to tie the Beatles in, so I'm hoping people don't like jump all over me in comments. But um, he talks about how he was ticketed by a woman named Meta. She's recently retired. And he said he wanted to love her. He wanted to hate her, but he decided to love her instead. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a song about lovely Rita Meter Maid, and hater is Rita Backwards. And mm-hmm. everybody knows that the that the Beatles um, wrote backwards lyrics. So I mean, it was a thing at the time. People can't argue saying, "Well, no, you're reading too much into it." I I don't feel I am. Yes, I've I've heard about that. Um, interesting. I had to take a little bit of a break, obviously, guys. Christina, how much how much uh, Nazi esoteric symbolism is in this letter? Ooh. Is there a lot? A little bit. I don't know. Other than you know the incessant references to Satanism and allusions to black magic, and it's known that the Nazis were heavy into the occults, you know, astrology, um, and so forth. Okay. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, I think that that's, I think it's hard to totally nail down that there's Nazism appearance in this other than just saying, okay, there's, there's occult references. Well, the, the Nazis, the Nazis got their, their occult influences from People, you know, Crowley and 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 uh, Eliphas Levi and and you know others going back. You know, there's the whole the whole SS was was built on the occult, right? Okay, the the rune symbols and you know Norse mythology and Odin and all that. There's all occult stuff tied in with that. Gotcha. Okay, and you know, if I could just make a point, it's a little bit off topic. Um, we, you know, after the war, we got access to all the Nazi records and they, they did stuff in triplicate. They were very precise. They kept every, every record of everything. And they were on in search of, of, of artifacts and relics 
from ancient times that, you know, Hitler thought would give him power, like the spear of destiny and stuff like that. They searched, they scoured the world for that stuff. They went down to Antarctica to search for things. Okay. And everything. Right. They, they kept, they kept records of all this. And, and, you know, when, when we went through all that, it took years. Okay. One of the first things that the, the CIA wanted to understand was how far the Nazis got, got in mind control. Okay. And the Russians were interested in that as well. They probably had access to the same information because, you know, both of us were on the winning side of the wall. So they, they were able to see these things or they got their own batch, whatever it was, but they, <clears throat> you know, they, they, they the MK ultra programs that the CIA started in the fifties came out of the mind control records of you know experiments that the nazis did on people and that was rooted in black magic and it's rooted in black magic so it it, the idea of 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 military and military intelligence and black magic and then you know tie into trying to program people okay to do certain things that's all intertwined and it's it's been around for centuries and that brings up another theme that that comes up in this, uh, which we've talked about a little bit, at least referenced in previous shows, which is the leather scene in New York City. Um, I mentioned uh, in a previous cut that uh, I watched Cruising recently, an Al Pacino movie where he immerses himself in the leather scene within the gay community of New York City in the late 70s, early 80s. It's a good movie. And 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 the club that he uh, goes to often um, is a is like a gay leather bar of some kind. Right. I, I think they were illegal back then, so they were in a basement. It was very dark. It was they were mostly in the meatpacking district, which was deserted at night, so you could get away with it. Exactly. Uh, the 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 bar that they were at actually was a real bar. I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but I think. Uh, today, uh, the, the, the restaurant that's in it, if it's still open is Scarpetta, Scott Cronin's joint, but, uh, there was, there was places called, uh, the, the Anvil, yeah, you know, Anvil, the, 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 uh, oh God, there was, there was a bunch of names like that, you know, like, like very, you know, <laughs> man, manly kind of names. <laughs> yeah. But scattered throughout that, scattered throughout the, the scattered on the walls were all these references to, um, to the Nazis, which I don't know. I I, I mean, I, I grew up in New York City. I mean, you know, or or hanging out in New York City. I've been around a lot of gay people in my life, and I I would have never thought that in any way, shape, or form any element of their scene would be, uh, you know, would have have that type of symbolism within it. You know, and I I, I just kind of kind of you know threw me for threw me a little bit. I I you know I, I'm. I'm having a hard time understanding why that stuff was placed there. Um, you know, in a literary sense, uh, a writer, um, whether they're a screenwriter or a or a or a novelist, they're not going to put something there for no reason. You know, um, right. th- there's a reason why it's there. I would imagine that it it probably came up in their research for the movie, but why? You know, and and how does that really? And, and and to a certain extent, I think it relates to the case because. Early on in Maury Terry's research in the in the in the late seventies after the David Berkowitz was indicted or or, or arrested, um, 
he believed that there was a neo-Nazi element to this to this group. Um, you know, I, 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 there's not much more I can say on well, that. If you go, he, if you go back in the book, there was a, he says that there was a witness that saw David Berkowitz dressed up in a Nazi uniform and marching around, and then he also had, um newspaper articles about Fred Cowan, the person that yep. did the Neptune moving company shooting. And yep. um, Fred yeah. Cowan was, he was a neo-Nazi. And interestingly enough, um, and a lot of people don't know this, Fred Cowan and David Berkowitz and Craig Glassman all have the same birthday. <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird. How do you really? put it all into the same apartment? Right. Wow. Huh. wow. Yeah, it's... But, but back to back to the symbol, and I just want to add this real quickly. Other than the portal transformation that I mentioned earlier, X is also a symbol in linguistics for a linguistic chameleon, which means that words sound similar. So you have Rita, Rita, Rita's um, that would be considered a linguistic chameleon. You have. Eliphaz Discotheque, Eliphaz, um, which is related to Esau in the Bible, and then Eliphaz Levi, which the symbol was loosely designed off of. I mean, that's linguistic chameleon. Um, There are linguistic chameleons all, all over in this case. And you can't tell me that with barely a year of education, that David Berkowitz understood that X symbolized not only the portal of transformation, but it also symbolized um, the equivalent of a linguistic chameleon and then incorporated this all together. I don't buy it. It's just too, co- there's no coincidence here. It's just, it no, has to be. I mean, it's, it's, it's too intricate. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a finely woven tapestry. And this letter was always was always sold to us as being uh, the 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 least complex letter, the one that Berkowitz could have written on his own. Um, yeah. And it's it's you know I'm you know after after working with you at, on research, Christina, and doing this show, uh, I think you've disabused us of that fact. Uh, Well, you know, just because something looks pretty on the surface doesn't mean that there's not more to it. You know, it's kind of like looking at a Jackson Pollock painting. It looks like a mess on the surface, but there are people that come from all over the United States to do dissertations on his paintings because what he would do is he would put himself into a trance listening to jazz music and he would start to paint. And they found that fractals pop up all over in his paintings and you don't look at that until you look at it closely right and that's that's the best way that i can describe this letter is it kind of looks like a mess on the surface but once you start analyzing it and pulling it apart um and comparing and contrasting different items it's really pretty intelligent and put together well and like you said it's an intricate Web. It's a tapestry. Tapestry. Yes. All right. With that, I think uh, we're going to end today's show. Christina, I want to thank you very much for coming on. Um, I hope you'll join us again next month when we, we're going to dissect the, Bore- uh, the Breslin letter, right? Yeah. Breslin. Okay. 
And uh, looking forward to that. And uh, as usual, Chris, great job. And Rob, great job. And uh, keep in mind, like I said, we're going to be making some changes uh, in the next yep. few episodes. We're going to give you more information about that next month. Um, and it's all going to be for the better. So with that, I'd like to say, take care, people. All right. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. Committed this murder. Now he didn't get the